This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of Oh the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a casual's perspective. I'm the newbie and casual Steve Allman. And I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And today we got a doozy. We got a brand new one. We got the one that's on the tips of everybody's mouths. It's A Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski. Yeah, this uh, this was a surprising movie. Um... You had mentioned it to me a couple of times, and you know, when it comes to when it comes to modern Hollywood stuff, you know, I'll watch them, but most of the time, I'm not gonna be at the theaters right away to go see them. That's just who I am, you know. Yeah. Um, but these movies, this movie in particular, seemed to be spreading like wildfire because of word of mouth, because of its geniusly simple premise. You know, it is. It's a very tense film, and it is a very, it's an extremely simple premise, but expertly done. And that's one of the things that, you know, there have been a lot of films that have had certain premises of you can't do, there, there are rules that are set up in these worlds, you know? This one in particular, about not being able to make any sound, like, that's a tough one to pull off. Like, how are you going to do that? And it really comes down to, out of all things, sound design. And that was something that was just impeccable in this film. So to kind of give you a, a basis of what's going on, a family, basically, they're the only ones left in their town, and they have to live in silence because there are these, these creatures that have killed everyone. And the town has finally figured out, I guess the world finally figured out that sound was the reason for it. But it kind of seemed like too little too late. Because from everything that you see especially in the opening opening moments of it the town there's no one left you see that it's gone off to other places there's a point in the film where Krasinski's character is moving through a dial and cannot contact anyone he's trying to get out to Japan he's trying to get to everywhere and it's it's cool to see this premise but it's cool to see this premise like on a small scale but knowing how grandiose it gets you know? This movie does an excellent job of setting the stakes and world building within the first maybe 10 minutes of it very well. Because again, you have this primarily this movie where you primarily have to work in silence and dialogueless scenes with a family that interacts with each other mainly via sign language. And this is established early on as to why so, because they have a deaf daughter. So this makes sense as to why the entire family can understand sign language fairly, pretty much right off the bat. And then we just basically move from kind of set piece to set piece of how their world can be interacted with without sound. What they need to do to basically survive. And all of these things like are seemingly thought of. Like they lay out sand everywhere they walk on on the outside because like so they don't make any sound and it absorbs their footprints. They don't wear any shoes because obvious. All of these things are clearly have to be thought of in order to make 
some sort of logical sense with the audience. It's a very, very well done and well thought out movie. Well, but, I think one and, of the one of the biggest things too is like also with when they're when they're cooking and things like that, as you were saying, like the ha- moving around the house. But it gets into the minutia of stuff, like really, yeah, like, like they how steam do you... things because they that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Or or well, they 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 cook stuff by doing the underground ovens. So like they cook stuff that way. So it's really interesting. You don't have to deal with a lot of sound. They eat. But when they eat, they don't eat on plates. Like, they make sure that what they're... That everything in their house is, like, in order to make the least amount of sound. And it, it's extremely fascinating to watch. I, you know, let's actually... Let's kind of delve into that opening scene a little bit. When we, we're introduced to everyone, and they're they're going through the town. They're in, a in like, a general store and kind of picking out items... To, to you know bring back to their house and we're introduced to the kids first and then to to emily blunt's character and then finally we're introduced to john krasinski's character last but man this opening scene it sets the tone right away we understand that there's a lot of tension but we don't know what this thing is yet we haven't seen it but we know that it's just it is a bad time for people you see from newspaper clippings and like old drawings on like his like workbench of like okay they have armor they are highly acute to sound but they're essentially blind so like it like they're all explained to you without like having like they've saved you an info dump they've stripped all of that away and just let you be in this world allowing you to catch up with it solely through these visual cues and it, it's a perfect way to just set this up and this opening scene is so good because I wasn't actually sure what type of movie this was going to be because, well, like, this is a horror movie podcast. We can kind of nail down what type of genre, genres things look like they're being pretty much at the outset. I was under the assumption that this was going to be a sort of, I guess, like, I was thinking that it could be like some, like, gory monster movie with bits of, like, thriller tension wrapped up in it. But this is, I would almost call this, like, a straight-up thriller with a monster um, in it yes and no it definitely has the feel of a creature feature and especially when you get the heavy reveal of the creatures because it's not just a, a little bit of imagery i mean they go full on out on this where you're seeing everything of this creature now granted um it is for the most part i think it's a combination of practical and cg and there is a lot of cg but which normally I'm not a fan of, but in this movie, I think because of the type of film it is, it works. Um, and it's also done with a very deft hand. It really is. Um, it really is. It, because, yeah. Because, like, in the beginning, like, pretty much in, like, you, would, I would probably say the first 45 minutes of this movie, you never really get a good look at this creature. Because, A, it moves so fast, and, B, like, the camera's very cleverly, like, making sure that it's, like, in the background out of focus... Or in the distance because they clearly want to avoid it. It's a, And that also is pretty cool. And it actually added to the tension a lot because you want to pay attention but, like, not really focus on it. Um, and clearly this was a very clever trick to, like, you know, not use up a, a lot of budget just blowing CG all over the place. Well, it's, you, it's, a, it's it really a, needs to matter. I mean, it's a creature feature that's also a character piece. And, and heavy character drama and emotional drama. And the fact of the matter is, because you don't have a lot of dialogue in this movie, it's the rest of the acting that has to sell it, you know? And Krasinski does an ama- amazing job with this film that was written by Brian Woods and Scott Beck. And I, I remember seeing this and it was like, it was listed as being on the top of screenplay festivals for a very very long time it's been or in 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 a lot of like uh 
in the industry. It's been going on. It was, like it was being workshopped a lot. Like yeah, yeah, like around for like a different projects. And right. People. So yeah. like the the hit list and stuff like that had it, and it was like a, it was doing very very well on there. And it's just crazy to see what they were able to do because the original screenplay they had one line of dialogue in it, and you could tell that they've they've added more stuff into it. Obviously, um, when they were working with Krasinski on it, but the fact that a movie can be told so well and can be such a well-regarded screenplay with only ha with having very very sparse sparse dialogue, and it's heart wrenching. This movie is heart wrenching. It really, really is, and it like it's very oh, much a, a character piece about family. Um, it is because yeah, we, it, yeah, like Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are just basically like the staples of parenthood, like trying to do anything to protect their kids through seemingly like the most unwinnable scenario. The most on yeah, like let's let's start this off. They have been put in pretty much an impossible situation. I think the world has been put into an impossible situation. We don't know where these things came from. We don't know what they are. What we do know is that if you make the, any noise, they shred yeah. you into pieces. And they in they, the span of, in the span of 88 days, which which is like cleverly like shown in like the first title card where it's just like day 89 or something and then like towns decimated, uh seemingly not a soul around. Uh they have since set up this like huge like thing of like trying to of like laying out all this sand to like walk to and from home uh like a year or so or like a year and some change later like they have set up like a barn full of like fail safes and like a lighting system to let you know if something's wrong now we like, don't know imagine... we don't know what they had to begin with though now there may have been some true, stuff very true now it will, all but... we've been introduced in this opening scene is this whole opening scene is to show the family dynamic and to show loss the it shows that through youthful innocence and youthful indiscretions tragedy can strike and it can happen at any moment and i think the way because you're you're just waiting the second that kid picked up those batteries and actually before that when when he was in there and he walks up and you don't see what he's carrying in his hands but the look on emily blunt's face and john krasinski's face when he walks up is a moment of sheer terror and then you see what he grabs and you're I, i'm like is it going to be a leg or an arm and then you're like no it's a toy spaceship like a nasa spaceship and i'm like damn okay this is like they this is a real this is for real like this is not a joke and then when the sister who by the way uh the actress millicent simmons is actually deaf so actually having deaf and actually doing an amazing job amazing like, a, job. A, a wonderful actress that's like big props to this movie for for casting somebody who is actually instead of saying Oh yeah, we're not actually gonna cast someone who's deaf and and you know work with them on that, and we're just we're just gonna say this guy's deaf for the movie. You know, it's it's really good to see that there was it was very thought out. This whole movie was extremely well thought out when it comes to casting, sound design, cinematography, story, um, everything in this film is just is top notch. Uh, but when we have that, he, he takes those batteries and, and you're just like, oh God, what's going to happen next? And they're walking and it seems like a very peaceful moment of them going back to the house. And I thought something was going to happen when they got back to the house, which would lead, which would be the catalyst for the rest of the movie. That's how it seemed. And I'm like, oh, okay, this spaceship will be the catalyst for the rest of the movie. And in a way it is. 
But that kid, man, the second he turns that thing on and you hear that noise, and he's so happy. He's so happy. And seeing Krasinski turn around and that look in his eyes and running back towards him, yeah. and you Just that, know. that silent horror in his face. And you uh, know what's going to Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and God. again, we you talk about sound design. There, like that excellent moment of when we like when we are witnessing something from the daughter's perspective. It, oh it's yeah, completely silent. It's and so great. Yeah, you, like that moment begins where you don't hear anything, but you just see Emily Blunt and John Krasinski turn around, like horrified, but you don't know why. And then like the sister turns around, and then the sound kicks in, and like you hear like the toy go off, and like uh, amazing moment, that a harsh cold open. Oh, dude, yeah, very, it, very it, good. It it definitely caught me off guard with what I was expecting to get into, um, and then throughout this film, it did that a couple of times as well. When it, it's not a it's not a feel good movie, no, not at all. Actually. And even and I, even by the end of it, where you're like you're you're upbeat a little bit, it's still so dark. Anyway, I, before we get like, to that, I'll talk about the ending for a minute. Well, okay, at the okay, ending, yeah. but like when we get there. But yeah, um, yeah. I I think I think the main sort of crux of this is like we talk about technical stuff, but this kind of is firing on all c- cylinders for the most part. I think that the only um I think the only problems that I would ever even have with this movie are questions of logic that are contradictory to the rules that the movie seems to set, or it's unclear about exactly how quiet you need to be or why this one thing isn't exactly uh, a problem when like it could have like this could have happened a million times right uh, well there there's a few issues that I run into and a lot of it deals with pacing it feels like it, it ratchets up tension in the scene only to slightly alleviate it to ratchet it up again but some of these scenes are long and drawn out so as you're going through it you know you get some really crazy intense moments but then it just seems like it's putting itself on repeat a few times. But it also, again, when it when it ramps up tension like that, I kept finding myself in the theater watching this, thinking it's like that. It's like that time anytime you see a character go underwater for an extended period of time, and you see you try to hold your breath with them to see it, like how long you would last. I kept I kept trying to think of myself in that scenario of like how quiet could I be in a scenario like this because often or not when we're watching a horror movie waiting for either the jump scare or that like insanely horrific thing to happen like you're kind like you're clenched you're waiting for it and this movie puts you there with it in a very interesting way that like has not been done before at least to my recollection and when we ramp up tension like that's literally all this movie is flexing its muscles to do and it does it in spades. It does it so well. And it, it, it's mainly logic uh, and pacing that I would agree with because uh, whenever, uh, oddly enough, whenever we are introduced to dialogued scenes, uh, it almost feels out of place sometimes. There's also, there is like a few good tender moments that we have with uh, John Krasinski's character and his son where he's going out to learn like how to take care of the fish. He shows him out to the waterfall the sound can blanket them so they can talk, they can scream, they can do what they want. And it's a it's a very serene and beautiful moment. Uh, and then counteracted with uh, what's going on at home when Emily Blunt just like 
goes into labor. Oh, man. They they upped the ante so much when they showed she was pregnant, and the first thing all I could think of was, well, this isn't going to end well. How are you going to have a kid and be quiet enough to have a kid? And, I mean, obviously they had they had a plan in place. I mean, sure. I mean, talk about world building. Think about how quiet they had to be to make that kid. Think about how, how quiet they had to be to build all of that contraption underneath the, like... They had to do all of that stuff. Yeah, no, uh, and it's it's insane. Like the amount of like they took that on, knowing how quiet she needed to be in that moment. Let and, alone and, and, when something terrible was going on. Like there's never a convenient time to have a kid in this world. No, not at all. And and it, this is it, it's just even crazier when you think, all right, well the kid's gonna cry. And yes, they came up with an idea for that, which still in itself, when they when she does finally have the kid, which by the way. Wow, she had that kid very quickly. That kid just, like, popped right out. Very, very quickly. The fastest... And, and granted, when you're in a... T- I, I, don't, I don't know anything about childbirth, really. I've never... Absolutely I, I don't, not. I don't really, not, I don't really claim, know that much about it. So I'm not going to lay claim to that. I, I, would, I would assume that because um, she went into labor early and because there was a major fear factor as being part of it uh, and everything, and having to hold in so much, like... Go, so going much, through those contractions quietly. Oh my god! I don't know then, how. Like that's that to me. Yeah, just watching how she's just holding on and not letting out any any noise, and then finally when she's able to, it's just this release. So yeah, maybe, and that and that may have been how she was just like, and kid is coming out now. These people, it's like one thing after another happens to them. Now, granted, like their life through all these four hundred days until then hasn't been super insane except for day 88 89 um at least we don't know we've we've seen them kind of go through their daily life and and living uh but wow man like the second these creatures get into their lives it is how do you even get rid of them at that point exactly and we 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 forget the thing that even brings this uh brought this scenario on and probably my first sort of issue that i had with the movie and that's the nail so uh, here's the thing. Um, we, we see the mother, like, dragging up the laundry. She gets it caught on a nail in the stairway. Uh, and I'm like, all right, uh, that happens. Uh, even her allowing that, na- like, her inadvertently allowing that nail to be stuck up in the floorboards. Like, and just lingering on that shot, like, this will come back later. Like, great foreshadowing. Really loved it. Act- excellent. The, the moment when she steps on it, like, totally saw it coming, didn't care because we knew that this was going to be, like, a tension scenario that we signed up for. I was all fine for that. They go up and down those stairs. Oh, my God. So, so mu- many so times. Often. Not even once were they like, hey, look at the nail, careful of the nail, or maybe bend that fucking nail back. I was waiting like, for one of them to step on the nail after that happened, I was just like, all right, well, someone else is going to step on the nail now, too. And so every time people and came did, down like, the stairs. Like, no, they no, they and didn't. And that's good, but, like, because I would have been so upset, annoyed and upset that they didn't. Like, if that had happened, if somebody stepped on the nail again and they didn't try to fix that the first time, I'd have been so pissed off. But, like, they just go up and down those stairs. So many with times. With no regard for the nail the second time. Uh, well because you see like you see it after she stepped on it and then the nail's still there and you're like all right 
well, who else is going to step on it now? And then it does, it doesn't happen, but I know like that, that kept my focus a lot of the movie, uh, towards the end. It's, and then, and then, you know, we start seeing, uh, what these creatures are. We get a good close up of them, you know, when they finally invade. Right. And, uh, it's weird because when they do the close up of what its ear canal is, and it, it they, has they this basically, weird, it basically is a giant ear. It like, is a, its face yeah. is a giant ear. Its face is like a giant ear. It's strange looking though because it it has this weird glossy look to it, but at the same time looks way way too CG. Like when they get close up into it, um, that that kind of bothered me a little bit. But then when you could hear understand what it was able to hear i started wondering like how come it just couldn't hear heartbeats or elevated like if someone is, it has an elevated pulse wouldn't they be able to tell like different changes in heartbeats or, or stuff like that because of how good their hearing was so there was a little i i mean obviously if the case was they could hear everything there would be no movie because everyone would be dead and it would just be watching these creatures roaming around until they end up dying out. And ult ultimately this is a suspension of disbelief that the audience has to accept that there's like this, sure. this unspoken thing. We're like, all right, they could hear really, really well. And we're going to play a little bit with how well they could actually hear. And apparently infinitely far away too. That's, that's a little thing that, so when you see the animals uh, that are running through there, uh, I forget what type of creature was running through there, like small rodent type animal. Um, I think it was like a, what was it? Like a raccoon or something like that. It's you like hear... scurrying around in a fairly quiet way. Yeah, 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 but it's it's making noise the entire time. So, and it doesn't get attacked until it makes enough noise. And I'm kind of like, well, wait a second. If these things are roaming around, these things, like, if these animals, normal animals are roaming around and they haven't all been taken out yet, that seems a little strange to me. Well, I and again, like, it's also, like, playing with the rules of, like, okay, here's an example of how loud an animal can and cannot be. It seems that, like, at least a couple of those monsters were hiding in the cornfields themselves, if not very close to the exterior of that property. So if it's if it's that good... Barring somebody not yelling in a field, they could probably hear anything that goes on in that house from the distance that they were seemingly going for. Uh, and these will be, these are ultimately feel like nitpicks because this didn't take me out of the movie. Very few things actually took me out of the movie. I think there was actually one moment, in, like just after Emily Blunt gave birth, where his son is like trying to run back to the house. And he veers off the path into the cornfields, and he, like, slams into, like, a tractor tire. Holy face-first, full-speed bam. Right. It's And I'm like, I can't, like, it was it was the heat of the moment kind of a thing where I'm like, I can't quite tell if they were just focused on running towards where they thought the fireworks were to allow him to make that noise. Because it seems like they just go wherever the loudest noise was, and then well, that's they what, that's that what, sound. You know, that's what Krasinski's character says. I mean, he, he mentions it to him when he's talking to him at the waterfall. He says, look, if there's a louder noise, you're okay. And shows him by, like, yelling behind this waterfall that they can't hear him so the thing to me that i would have thought well i guess you can't really build anything because you can't make noise um because it would have made more sense for me for them to have a house or something that they could live in right next to a waterfall problem solved 
But right, I'm like they, set up shop and just live next to a waterfall. Sure, but but you can't. Like, there's no way to even really do that because you can't make noise to build anything. So you're kind of stuck where you're at unless you want to brave the elements. And like, no, I don't think anyone wants to brave the elements. Ooh, one thing I did think of in this movie: what if someone snores? That's I guess you're probably. I guess fucked. you're just. I guess you're just dead. Like, better hope someone doesn't have sleep apnea or none of those characters develop. It's a, it's over a terrible the world that it. we live in. Where yeah, yeah, like F- farts. Like, what do you oh, do? Oh, dude, <laughs> gas and yeah, any sort of gas. Like, I started thinking about bathroom stuff at one point where I'm like, how? How do they do? I mean, that's clearly an outside thing. It, apparently, they they must be like, hey, we got to go over to the waterfall if we're going to go to the bathroom. Dude, they, are, they already explained it. They go in the sand. Kitty litter situation. Kitty litter situation. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's it's a crazy film. Like, I, it was way better than I expected it to be. And here's it why. Almost had a, it, it, it was almost better than it had a right to be. Yeah, it is. It, and that's, that's part of it, is that when these films come out, a lot of them get overhyped, especially horror films, if they're good. Yeah. And usually good... a decent one gets overhyped because it's just decent. Right. So people are like, oh man, this movie is pretty decent. It's an amazing horror film. And it's like, no man, it's, it's, it has to be more than that. And especially when it's going into, into theaters and can make a ton of money because there's a lot of amazing stuff that flies under the radar and gets overshadowed by, you know, not not as quality of films, but they've gone to theaters, so they're going to make money, you know? This this film backs that up. Like, if this had come out on video on demand or, you know, under the radar as, like, a Netflix release, I would be all over this movie and hyping it up to everyone. And I am doing that now as well, having seen it. Even hearing the hype about it, if we weren't doing this podcast, I don't know if I would have seen it just because I find stuff to get too overhyped. I'm glad I saw it. Thank God we did this because it's an amazing film and I'm very, very, very glad I saw it. You know, I've fallen prey to that. Everyone told me it's amazing and it's in theater still. I have to go see it and then I see it and I'm I'm nine times out of ten disappointed. Very, very, very happy that I saw this. Right, and I I am super super happy with that. I I just want to quick make a couple of more points before we wrap up here. Yeah. Um. We we talk about like the heartfelt family nature of all of this, and God is it ever so well punctuated when uh, John Krasinski sacrifices himself for his kids. Holy like, shit, dude! That moment heartbreaking. Was so, heartbreaking. It was so painful to watch this heart wrenching moment without dialogue, and then for him to just yell and you see it coming and like because this that other guy who did it earlier who i guess right, yeah he you found either wanted his... to kill himself or he found like a loved one of some well kind. it looked like... like it looked like there was an old guy living out with his wife or something she got killed and then he decided he was he couldn't live with himself anymore so he was just gonna sacrifice himself but oh man when krasinski just just does that and it's this moment you're like no man come on come on like there has to be a way and you just you're like well maybe he'll get away and nope you know because they move too fast they move way too fast dude they and they can cut through you know when you these creatures are are insane man like they're absolutely insane with their how strong they are they can cut through metal we see that happen a couple of different times they're absolute beasts and and it turns out the only way they they can be stopped is uh 
by Millicent Simmons' character, where she's yeah. like, "Hey," and so and so we we get back to the, like the kind of the final showdown here, and uh, I realize now that like having walked away from this for a minute, I'm like, this movie ends almost exactly like Signs, but way better. Oh my god, way uh, better, way way better. way better. But also very similar to Signs, where like the weakness of the aliens is also surrounded in the thing that they were obsessing over in the beginning of the movie. It is ultimately very similar. The feedback that her homemade earpiece uh, emits uh, d- like damages them and like it stuns them and leaves them vul- very vulnerable. Uh, like by the by the way, like my the top of my mood board is Emily Blunt pointing a shotgun at something to, to protect her children. Like just her looking at something like to protect her kid is amazing. Well, um, and then she has this big, you know, she has this big moment. The creatures have gotten down there. They they realize that they the they don't like the feedback, and the daughter just amps it up, you know, and yeah, turns cr- it on, cranks and, it through the speaker and the yeah. loud the speaker <clears throat> system. And yeah. like just he wails and then blam huge. I was waiting so I was wait I was waiting for it to like blow up. I was waiting for the thing to explode. Yeah, like his um, head would just explode because it, of the pain or whatever. And all these things are shooting out from its head because it's got this weird that's how it processes sound. It looks like these a, little, like flaps. Like you know what it, it, it looks like it looks like a, a car engine, like pistons in a car engine or something oh, moving yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. because yeah. of Exhaust how it's going fumes everywhere. Or something. Yeah. Right. Or like or like waves of, of of music waves or something coming off of like a 3d surface it's very insane anyway you think the thing's gone emily blunt's been pointing a shotgun and we're like don't shoot the shotgun just don't shoot the shotgun and the creature like recovers and comes up again and she's like well all right i guess we're doing this then blows its head right off yeah and in in great fashion oh great fashion and then you're like well shit what the hell's going to happen next? And you see all of these creatures start running towards the house. Like, they've all heard it, and they're all coming towards them. And at this point, you're thinking, oh, well, they're all going to die. Like, the, the, he, he sacrificed himself, and now everyone, everyone is going to die. And then the daughter's just like, all right, let's see if we can turn this thing up to 11. So she basically, like, turns like she cr- turns up the all the dials. All uh, the dials. And then is like all right, if we're going to do this, let's do this. And like gets ready to blast out the, the sound. And then Emily Blunt just cocks that fucking shotgun. It, and it's it weird. is like with, with a smirk on her face. Like it's a cheeky, like evil dead moment or something. It's so like, it, it, it was weird. It was so weird because it was so, it was not what this movie was doing for the most part. And then at the end, it basically was like, like wink didn't we have fun and then like here comes the killing like i and here's the thing um i I, like i was actually kind of okay with it i i am okay with it it, but at the same time it's so out of left field it's it's so so out of of, well you want you want some sort of hope and you want some sort of i mean she just had a kid so the last thing you want to think is a baby is about to get shredded apart by these things because she shot the shotgun off and and Krasinski sacrificed himself for no reason like that didn't make you know it would have been awful but and she saw it she saw all this happen by watching the video feeds too so um this moment of empowerment right at the end and them just being like come get us we're not we're not afraid and it's and it's also this thing of we know that we can kill you 
and we don't have to be afraid of you anymore. You should be afraid right. of us. And that, it, to me, was it, like, like, a really cool moment. I get it, because, like, the big triumphant thing is, like, I like that showdown. You Like, they either, like, I was thinking that they showed that showdown happen in some form, and, like, the threat for their zone is all gone or whatever, and, like, they're all tired, and, like, they rest in the, in the sun, and, like, maybe they, like, have a memorial to their dad or whatever. Like, that's the sort of somber tone I would have thought would have carried us to the end of this movie. Yeah, but that's, that's and, kind of... And that, that would have been, been good. Done so, but that's done, been done so many times with yeah, other it, films like, like this, and it's just kind of like, why follow suit, you know? Exactly, mm. but, like, I would... That would entirely feel right, and I would not at all feel bad, like, about the movie that I had just seen. But I, for some reason, like, that little, like, smirk and a shotgun cock, like, it, it, I feel like it just alleviated all the tension from the movie in kind of the best way. It did. It, it really did. I mean, it, it, as I said, it, it showed that they don't have to be afraid anymore. They can fight back. And now they have the ability to fight back. That's the thing. Like, they had this idea, well, is there a way that we can take them out? Is there something we can do? Um, and, and just to, to know that they can now and that they can make it through this has to be probably after over a year and almost a year and a half of dealing with this, this insanity for them to finally feel empowered again, at least just a little bit is, is absolutely amazing. And yeah, man, I'm glad this movie's doing as well as it is. It's, it's dominating the box office, uh, it's getting it insane reviews. Such uh, good reviews, yeah. And like, John you know, Krasinski is basically getting whatever project he wants now. Uh, like, it's like this. This is just a solid win across the board. So so happy for pretty much everybody involved. Like, I want to see acting done from all of these kids. I want to see like everybody blow up because of this. I mean, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are are, are going to be fine now, but the. The ideas that come from this movie, I want John Krasinski to explore more. Like, I'd see another one of these. Yeah, I I'd, would too. I'd see another, like, I'd see another movie in vain of a quiet place. I, w I would want to see another, like, a bit of a world building kind of a thing, like another type of quiet place. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and I think there's an interesting factoid that I can uh, end on it with here because this is just so satisfying to read. Uh, in the pickup of in the acquisition of the screenplay um it was also optioned as a cloverfield movie and john krasinski flat out refused to make it the one of those yeah and i'm <laughs> i'm glad because oh thank god they you didn't know, when, do when that. you when you think about what it is that you you could easily call it a cloverfield movie and it would be it and it would be believable as a cloverfield movie but it would have been the best cloverfield movie <laughs> By far the best Cloverfield movie. Now, well, I mean, I, I like Ten Cloverfield Lane a lot, but I like I like the first part of it until the major reveal at the end. Um, but that's the thing. Like that was an am amazing movie, and then the last ten minutes were like, oh, didn't you don't for, don't forget we're a Cloverfield movie. It's a this is a Cloverfield oh God. movie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, like you just dovetail a great movie with a hey, wink. Remember Aliens? Uh, like it's not like that would be tedious and annoying and those movies get bogged down in what they think they're supposed to be rather than just being a good movie by themselves. Uh, and thankfully <laughs> John Krasinski could see the, uh, the appeal of just letting a good movie being a good movie. And that's what he did. And God damn it. It's awesome.
Yeah, it's it's a fantastic film. Thank God it's not a Cloverfield movie. Um, just because you know, with the God, with the God, what was it, God particle or whatever it was? God, that, or yeah, the the uh, was it the Cloverfield paradox? Oh, Clo- it was supposed to be God particle was the original title, and then Cloverfield paradox. That was that was just like a a big kick in the teeth to me. Um, I did not. We literally wanted to review that the second that that came out. And yeah, then we, we're like, we, we no. did. And then we, we actually had talked about it and we're like, we're going to review it. And then we both watched it and I felt so shitty for bringing it up to you. And then luckily you mentioned to me like, Hey man, can we maybe not do this one? And I'm like, Oh, thank God. It was so, it was so rough. Not only was it not good, but it was also very much not at all what we had expected. Well, it had uh, it had it had elements. Remember, it had elements of good, but like putting it into a cohesive whole, it didn't fit with what you would expect a Cloverfield film to be. Anyway, that's not what we were we were here to talk about. Exactly. Um, yeah, we we're, we're basically saying like, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, you shouldn't have listened to us as per usual. Um, but if you haven't, and, and you know still want to please god do go see this immediately um we hope that you have already seen it and yeah no this, feel... is, this is amazing i oh this, yeah this man. is like i'm getting i'm getting the same type of excitement that i came back from seeing it in the theaters last year yeah and, uh, and it's making me feel really better jazzed to see like a movie like this as bold as this doing this well yeah and it makes me feel better about the state of horror the horror genre theatrically in, in general, and the state of even PG-13 horror, because this was a PG-13 horror film that uh, definitely pushed the boundaries of tension and everything to make it seem more intense than a PG-13 rating. Yeah, uh, it's a, um, I, like, this is a, a PG-13 movie with a lot of skill behind it. I would actually kind of like to see... Uh, John Krasinski a bit more unhinged with this like not that he wasn't because clearly like this was a uh, a deft hand being used for a lot of this tension but uh I'd, I I want to see more out of him now like he's come a long way since the two very very small movies that he's done uh th- this this proves that he could swing with the big guys for sure yeah and, and we're also talking about swinging with the big guys but you know he he did it on a very on a 17 million dollar budget which is which is great, and it shows that you know he he can make the most with what he has, and definitely it's all put on the screen here and done extremely well. Yeah, I uh, I could not have been happier with the with the end result here. Very very happy, very proud for some reason. I don't know why. Like old Jim Hal old Jim Halpert does good. Like it's a feel good guy. Uh, I like I like seeing him uh, take home a W. Anyway, uh, go see the Quiet Place. Go see it again. I loved it so much. I'm probably going to actually be revisiting this uh, come digital time or come home rental. Uh, no, this is a good one. I, this is yeah, no, I, I definitely am going to be uh, recommending this to everybody. Uh, it's it's yeah, a must believe see. Believe the hype. It's, yeah, uh, it's absolutely. It is, it is definitely a must see. Um, so, yeah, that'll that'll wrap it up for us for, for this episode. Um, next week, we've got a little double feature. For us, I watched these the other day. I I told Steve, I'm like, we've we've got to go through these films, and the the movies are Creep and Creep Two, um, starring Mark Duplass of the Duplass Brothers. Um, 
Oh man, dude, you're gonna have you're gonna have some fun with these. Talk about talk about a uh, super low budget and very expertly crafted films. But we will talk about that next week. Um, so in the meantime, go see a quiet place if you haven't already, and check out Creep and Creep Two. They are on Netflix. Um, they're each about an hour and 20 minutes, and we'll be talking about those next week, so please join us again. And also remember to give us reviews. Find us on, um, you know, we have an Instagram account, we have Twitter, we have a Facebook page, Oh The Horror Cast. Um, we're on Libsign, we're on iTunes, Anywhere uh, you can Google find your Play. Podcast, we are there. We're there. So please, you know, give us reviews. Email us at ohthehorrorcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you have any movies that you want us to, to review in the future, please um, reach out to us about that. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, once again, I'm Rob Holmes. And I'm Steve Allman. You guys have a great night, and we'll see you next week. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here.